0: Thank you for tuning in to Cobblestone Community Church today. We hope this message blesses you. If you need prayer for anything, please email us at prayer at Now here's the message. First Corinthians 12, verse 1. If you have a Bible, you're going to need it. And if you don't have a Bible, you're going to need it too. So you can grab one along the wall. Uh, For most of my life, I was a functional cessationist, which means I didn't think God did anything I'm going to talk to you about in the next 30 minutes. I had no expectation that God would manifest in a room. I had no expectation for healing. I had no expectation for words. I had no expectation for really anything other than what I'm doing right now, opening up the word, you'd hear it, and you'd leave unchanged. And then God decided that wasn't what he wanted for his church. And you all watched me walk that out, and I was a hot mess, y'all. Anybody want to give me a testimony on that? You're like, yeah, you were horrible. And I've kind of come to grips with that. I've told that whole story. I don't need to do it again. Um, But it it started with a prayer, God, I want you. It started with, "What, what this is is great. I love you all. Actually, like, when I was praying this morning, I have a lot of love for you guys. And I don't know where it came from. I keep trying to get it off, and God keeps putting it back on me. And I, wake, I was up from 3 to 5 praying for you last night. And I was like, I just want to sleep, God. And he was like, you're going to travail for them. And I'm like, I don't want to. I want to go to sleep. I have to talk. And I don't know what even what I'm going to say. And he was like, you're going to pray for them. So I prayed. I walked around my house with my dumb dog Tozer, and we prayed for you. Because God, God loves you. God has plans for you. And all I need you to accept right now is when it comes to God, can you admit that maybe you don't understand everything about him? that the God of the Bible, when he's speaking to Job, goes, this is but the fringe of my power. And he's talking about earthquakes and fire. And and he's like, that's just like this much, my guy. And so can we admit that when it comes to the spiritual things of God, maybe we don't see them all or know them all, and we're lacking. So you get to 1 Corinthians 12, 12, uh, verse one, and you have Paul talking to the corinthians they're gifted but they are a hot mess dumpster fire of a church they are getting drunk on communion they are sleeping with people they're related to and they don't know how to get the women to wear doilies on their head so i mean like hot mess that's a joke go read chapter 11 And they have written Paul a letter because he talks about it in chapter 7. He says, concerning the things that you wrote me about, here's the answers. And I believe last week, Jeremiah, I don't know where you are. That was a word from the Lord for this place. It was from the word of the Lord. That's why it's the word of the Lord. It was grow up. It's time to mature. Because in gifts or biblical knowledge, there's one thing needed. You know what it is? Humility. And outdoing one another in honor. So if you see the third heaven every morning, you know what you need? Humility. And if you know Greek, Aramaic, and Hebrew and can flex in small groups, you know what you need? Humility. This is the whole point of 12, 13, and 14. And so he says one statement. He's switching topics because he says, Now concerning this. This is him changing topics from what we were at last week to where we are this week. Now, about spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. Now, I'm just going to stop there because that's, I read it out of NIV. I think it's ESV up here. Concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be, what's that word, uninformed? I don't want you not to know. I want you to know. I want you to be in the know about spiritual gifts. Now, here's the funny thing. I don't talk about Greek a lot up here on purpose. You know why? When guys like me talk about Greek, when you read this, you're like, can I trust it? I don't know Greek. You can trust every word of this, how it plainly reads. But when I study this, I do look at the Greek and that, that word there, I'm gonna go over here and do it. This here, I believe actually isn't the best translation because it's this word. Uh, And I'm not even going to try to say it. I'm not going to try to flex Greek knowledge. Is it up there Noah? Do I have that? That. Have fun. That's Greek. And that word is now concerning this word, concerning spirituals or spirit stuff. I don't want you to be unaware. I don't want you to be uninformed. I want you to understand the spirit stuff. That's how it should read. Now concerning spirit stuff, I don't want you to be in the dark. And then he proceeds to tell them about the spirit stuff. And really, that's where I want to land. You're like, that's it? That's it. Are you uninformed? I'll I'll ask it this way. Do you know what it feels like to be led by the spirit of God? What's his voice sound like? When When we're led by the spirit, as the Bible says, what's that? What is that? to be filled with the Spirit of God. What is it? Are you filled with the Spirit? And what I've been noticing around the Christians I've hung out with is they're like, I don't know. I'm like, maybe we should figure it out. Maybe we shouldn't be uninformed. Let's not be uninformed about the things that the Spirit of God is doing. Let's be in the know. And here's the thing. It's, it's really easy to try to look at the things of God in the flesh, in the natural, and then mess it all up. There is not an ABC123 program for the Holy Spirit. You can't find it. It's why I can't come in here and go, I declare this will happen because I said so, because he's the sovereign spirit of the Lord. He will heal when he wants to. He will show up and manifest the presence of Jesus when he wants to, not when I want to. I'm his servant, not the other way around. And so as we look at this today, it is with just the immense amount of humility and gentleness that I can, there's years of my life where I had no idea what the Spirit of God was doing. None. And I didn't care, and I fought anybody that did. And it was to my detriment and to ours. And so I want to talk about, and it's pretty practical actually, how do you become informed? How do you start to be led by the Spirit of God? And then, so I'm just gonna share, uh, it's a lot of my experience, but through the word of what God has taught me, and then we're gonna ask God to move. And I believe he will. Not because I said so, because he's good. And that's what he does. So concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, he says this in verse four, he continues that thought. Concerning spiritual stuff, don't be unaware there are different kinds of gifts. Now, that word gifts is the word gifts. It's charismata. But the same spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all men. So he's talking about spirit stuff. Can you see the spirit of God right now? If someone says yes, I'm going to be like, you should probably come over here. Anybody? But can men and women actually know what the Spirit of God's doing? Yes, 100%. And Paul begins to pull back the veil and go, okay, when the Spirit of God is working in a body, hello, body, there are different kinds of gifts. And can you pull that up, Noah, where we kind of break down what he just said? So you have gifts, which is charismata, grace, giftings. They are the grace of God. He poured out not only salvation on us, but his Spirit. Not only his Spirit, but gifts, that empower us to talk about Jesus. So giftings such as tongues, healings, miracles, signs, administration, all the ones that are in the Bible. Then he says, there's also though a thing the spirit does, which is an empowerment to serve. And you can almost break these two, two gifting types into two things, those that speak for God and those that serve for God. Everybody in this room is doing one of those two things. So Rich Jarvie that mows the lawn is serving in the name of the Lord, but he's doing under the compulsion of the Holy Spirit. I'm speaking for the Lord right now, which puts weight on the fact that I shouldn't say anything stupid. You're like, too late, I know. The empowerment of the Holy Spirit to serve God and his people. And then the third one is it kind of breaks down to varieties of energies or varieties of activities. It's this word, I can't even say it, energema, which is where we get the energy. So God energizes his people by what? The Holy Spirit. To do work, to speak words. And I think this is probably why you have right after verse 1 what he says, the Corinthians were kind of losing their minds about the speaking gifts, tongues, prophecy. When people start speaking in different languages next to you, you're like, that's not normal right and so they were kind of like paul can you explain this to us and he's like the spirit's doing that but he's also doing that administrative work over there the spirit's doing that over there with that service and the spirit's doing that when that guy prophesies the spirit's doing that the spirit's doing that every all that's being done by the spirit and what was happening in this church is the guys with prophetic gifts, and probably actually the women with prophetic gifts in this church were going they were doing this look at me aren't i awesome I have a prophetic gift, you just have administration, get out. And Paul goes, oh no, 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 no. <laughs> you get that silliness straight up out of here. Why? Because we're a body. So do you want the things of God? I'll ask it that way. Do you want the things of God? Do you want the power of God? Some of you are like, "Oh no no, do I? You do. You do. I want to give you just... As they come to me, the things that God has taught me about how to be sensitive to and aware of the Spirit of God. And some of them will make sense to you, but I'll do it in the framework of 1 Corinthians. If you want to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2 with me, Paul tells us one of the things that the Holy Spirit does. Go to verse 10. And I don't think that's the slides I have, but I'll read it from here. So 12, go to 12. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who's from God. Whose spirit did we receive? God's spirit. That we might understand the things freely given us by God. And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the spirit. Interpreting spiritual truth to those who are spiritual. So if you have a church or you have a man, and I'll use me so I'm not talking about people, and they cut off the Holy Spirit, they don't expect a lot from him, how are they supposed to understand spiritual truth from God if they don't even think the Holy Spirit does anything? He continues that thought with, The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God. They are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. So do you hear the argument that Paul's saying to the Corinthians? You need the Spirit of God to illuminate Scripture. You need the Spirit of God to show you the deep things of God. You need the Spirit of God so you don't just live in your flesh. You need the Spirit of God. You need him. When Jesus said, it's better that I go away, None of us believe him. We're like, no, I want Jesus right here. I do too. But it's the Lord's words in Scripture that say it's better that he goes away, that we have the Spirit. So, this is what I've learned. And I'm sorry, this sermon's kind of like when you talk about the Spirit of God, it's kind of like trying to hold jello in your hands sometimes. But this is where it started for me. Um, Like I said, I I began, and I think it was a sovereign move of God, to be hungry. Not for this, just for God. So if you want to be sensitive to the Spirit, let me ask you, where's your hunger level for God? And, And it's not contingent on, hey, I'm really hungry, but there is, I believe, in the kingdom of God, a principle. Those that hunger and thirst will be filled. If you hunger and thirst for righteousness, what happens according to the Beatitudes? Do we know? Go to Matthew 7. What was it, Grover? Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. And so what I learned early on with the things of the spirit of God is I was never hungry for them I was very satisfied with my life with God I had my quiet time I had my devotional I prayed my list of prayers I checked that box off I did my duties I'll serve and hopefully one day I'll hear well done good and faithful servant and then God in his goodness and I believe it was the spirit of God was like aren't you hungry and I was like I'm so hungry And I began to pray prayers like, God, I just want you. And on Monday nights with a group of friends, most of those Monday nights ended with me on my knees going, I just want you, I just want you, I just want you. Not I want manifestations, not I want gifts. I want to know God. Don't you want to know him? I want to know him. And so many people are telling me they know him. I'm like, you look nothing like him. I want to look like him. I want to talk like him. I want when people interact with me, they're like, that guy knows God. Why? Because I know him. Are you hungry, church, for the things of God? And if you are, don't let anybody quench that hunger. Don't let anybody tell you that you're being impertinent or stupid or that you're being too loud. Be wildly hungry for God. Those who are hungry will be filled. And that's what happened. It was uh, July, 2018. That prayer started in me. And I didn't see anything for three months. How willing are you to cry out for God for three months that he might manifest, show up? Will you do it? That's what I've learned about the things of God. Sometimes he's like, all right, I'll just do it right now. But other times, and I think most of the time, he's like, but I'm gonna use this yearning, this hunger to purify you. If God gave us all the power that I want him to give us, I actually think it would hurt us. And I think he's smarter than me. Praise God. Right? I think he's smart. I think he knows what you need when you need it. I think he knows what gifts fit with you and you and you. And he's working this thing, and it's beautiful right now. The testimonies I'm hearing out of this place are, I don't know what that is, but it's good. It's really good. Hunger. Hunger. And not for gifts. Not for anything except the face of God alone. I want you, God. I think he answers that prayer. And I think that prayer empties you of you. It empties you of you. And then what happened is that hungry prayer became worship all of a sudden. So if you wanna know the things of the spirit, you need to be a worshiper. And you're like, what do you mean? Like, in my car, Love? No, maybe. But the language of heaven, do you know what it is? Worship. The, the thing erupting in heaven right now, you know what it is? Songs of praise to the one on the throne. There are eyeball creatures burning on fire with love and worship for the son of God, for the one on the throne. Who is found worthy? The lamb that was slain. This is the language of heaven. And what I've learned is I used to hate worship. Anybody wanna join me? Nah, don't say hate, that's not the right word. I just always was like, are we just going to sit here with our hymnals, get this over with, and get to the good stuff? That's honestly what I was taught. And somewhere in that cry for hunger, God began to show me the man Jesus. And I was like, man, you're beautiful. I know that sounds weird to say to another dude, but it's God. So I was like, you are beautiful, like King David said in the Psalms. There really is only one thing I want. I just want to look at you. And then what flowed out of that hunger was God began to reveal what the Bible says, that God really is better than all things. And what flowed out of that was worship. And all of a sudden it was like, I don't know, I turned on worthy of it all with Anna on my laptop one day in my fireplace room. And that song floored me. And I mean, literally like floored me. And it was like, God was like, do you not see that all of heaven right now All the elders, you know what they're doing? They have crowns that they've earned on earth. And you know what they're doing with those? They're just chucking them on the ground before that God. And all of a sudden I was like, I'm getting revelation and understanding of the scripture. I'm beginning to see the things that God cares about. And it was all, all of a sudden I'm like, turning off all noise except worship of the Lord. I would find myself walking down the street singing to God. This is like Ephesians 5.18. Speak to one another, sing to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual praises. So an effect of the Spirit of God showing up isn't always just manifestations and gifts, it's worship. Because those that want to worship God, the Father is looking for those that will worship Him in spirit and in truth. What are we trying to do here? We are trying to be taught by the Word of God, the truth of God, and we are trying to know the Spirit of God. We're trying to do that. So if you want to know the things of God, you need to be a worshiper. Fill your house with worship. And you know what? You'll feel a little awkward at first. My first forays into, this is how I used to worship. My first forays into actually using my hands. I didn't know what to do. And I was very like, I just didn't want any show. And so like my friends would be in my fireplace room praying, doing their, their charismatics, they're weird. Uh, but I literally went in the corner, put my head into my, light, my bookcase and went like this. And I was like, God, I'm not doing this for them. I'm doing this because I believe in heaven right now. Everything's about you. Everything gets excited about you. And somewhere in there, I found that my sensitivity to the things of God skyrocketed. And I went, oh, there you are. Wow! And he began to fulfill that hunger. And really, it was through the things like worship. Um, other things that I've learned, practical things I've learned about the Spirit of God. Um, and this is, this is important for where we're at. You can grieve the Holy Spirit. It means you can make him sad and he will leave. We don't like to talk about that because we're like, no, I'm saved. I have the Holy Spirit as a seal. You do. But you can grieve him. And on Monday, that's what hit me. I started just weeping, and I was like, we've grieved the Holy Spirit. I'm going to have to rebuke the church. I'm not the guy to do that. I'm the Holy Spirit guy. They're not going to, I was like, it was a whole thing. You can make God's Spirit sad. You can grieve and if you don't want to grieve him, then I think you need to be getting really aware of the places that you are walking in unholiness, specifically with your speech and your thoughts. So I'll use me. When I speak harshly to Anna or one of my kids, I believe that I grieve the Holy Spirit. And I need to be quick to go to my six year old Grace and go, Dad, sorry. He's really a sinner, but God's doing a work. Will you forgive him? You ever met a six-year-old girl? Go, Daddy, I love you. You're forgiven. Oh, thank you. That was easy. We don't realize how often our speech, I think, is offensive to the Spirit of God. So what you talk about will affect how aware you are of what God's doing. I think also what we dwell on in our minds, there's a reason that Colossians is going to tell us to seek things that are above. Set our minds on things above, not on earth below because I don't know about you. If I let my mind settle on the things of earth, how quickly does the gutter rise up, men? I heard a real quick, real quick. This is the work, this is the warfare. And everybody's like, I'm just floating with the spirit. I'm not, I'm fighting to set my minds on things above. And I'm making warfare because I wanna know what the spirit of God's doing. If God wants to heal somebody in this room right now, I wanna know it so that I can lead into it. If God wants me to lead this whole congregation in face-down prayer, I want to know it so that I can do it. But the moment that I'm like running around, running my mouth at my kids, yelling at them, kicking the dog, and thinking about really horrible things, it's like cut off. And we need to be aware of how our thoughts and our words affect the Spirit of God in our lives. We want the Spirit of God. When I first encountered the Holy Spirit, And I know when I talk like that, people are like, I'm not asking for you to encounter. I don't care if you ever fall down. I learned very quickly that everyone thinks 1 Corinthians 12 is what it's all about, and 14, gifts and manifestations. They happen. They're going to happen here. The very first thing that the Spirit of God, when I encountered the Spirit of God, he confirmed to my heart that I am a son of God. You're like, what? He put the spirit of sonship in me and I felt the word Abba erupt out of my heart. And so I encounter a lot of Christians. A lot of you don't even know if you're gonna go to heaven or not. You're living in this fear because you've, You got to let the Holy Spirit come in. And what he does is he gives us a spirit, not of slavery, not of condemnation, not of any other thing other than I am a beloved son or daughter of God and I get to call dad, I'm going to say daddy. I don't even like that word. Daddy, I get to call him Abba. I get to cry out to the almighty God of heaven and earth, father, that's what the Holy Spirit confirms in those that are full of the Holy Spirit. And it was like a revelation that I had never had. You're like, never? I literally was walking around like, I got to work hard. I got to preach that message right. If I don't, boy, he's going to be upset. Uh, and all of a sudden, the Spirit of God showed up, and I went, "He re- I really am his son. He, re- he really is my father. He really hears me when I pray. And everything unraveled after that. I wanted to pray for anything that walked, except cats, because I hate cats. But I... It was all of a sudden, the word of God, which says, it tells me that the spirit does that. The spirit did that. The testimony that I am an adopted son. And I don't have to worry about being unadopted. And I don't have to worry about the fact that I was tempted yesterday. I didn't give into it, but I used to be like, oh, just because I was tempted, that disqualified. God's like, no, 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 you're in the family. And now when I pray, I'm like, Woo, Abba, I love you. I love being yours. You know what did that? It wasn't memorizing the scripture. It was the Holy Spirit making that scripture alive in me. So we must have both. I've also learned a few things about what not to do. And I know you're like, amen. Uh, I've learned that gifts don't equal the presence of God. And you need to hear me say that. So this is for you charismatics. You are a label yourself. I'm a reformed charismatic, which makes me a mutt in the theological world. I've been, so <laughs> I that prayer of God, I want you. God, I want you. God, I want you. God, I worship you. That was all going on. And so what I did was I didn't want to hurt this place. I just started going to random rooms where the Holy Spirit was. Did you shoot me finger quote that? I went to every weird room I could find, guys. Pentecostal rooms, charismatic rooms, fire rooms, and I sat and I watched. And I watched some stuff. You ever been in the, who grew up in that, that place? That, that, Jeremiah, you're the only one? Four of us. Well, these are my grandparents. They lived there for a while, and I'm so glad they're here. And Terry Bear, you didn't raise your hand either. So we, some of us, we grew up there. And I realized very quickly that I could walk around, and because I have the Spirit of God, I'd be like, that looks fake to me, but that's real. That feels showy to me, but that's the Spirit of God. And God began to teach me that not every time someone jumps up and goes, the Spirit is upon me, that was true. And that just because there's a room full of people falling, prophesying, tonguing, which is not the right word of that, use of that word, but I'm going to use it, tonguing, that the presence of God was there. And this is serious, because in the Old Testament, they knew where the presence of God was. They knew where his presence was, and they knew that if they went in improperly, it would not be good for them. And the church has lost that knowledge because we've lost the sensitivity to the Spirit of God, because we're so afraid of experience. But I want want you to encounter Jesus, whatever he wants for you, all of it. I think as I started to learn these things about the Spirit, I quickly learned that if I wanted the Spirit of God to rest on me, I needed to go in the name of Jesus. So many of you were like, you were wanting me. I, I think you were like, read 1 Corinthians 12 and then give me a gifts inventory so I can figure out my place. This is sometimes how we approach gifts, is it not? Go in the name of Jesus to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ and you'll see the power of God fall on you. When young people go, I will serve anywhere. I'll do toilets. I'll make print offs for day for worship team. I'll do anything. I just want to honor God. What you'll find is it was when the disciples went out, they saw power. What we want is we want to sit here in our nice, comfortable church and be like, fall on me. For what? For what? And I noticed that some charismatic places like to treat the holy spirit like he's the next hit off a drug and he will not be used that way and i know some of you are like why are you talking this way because what's about to come into the church is both truth of the word and the power of the spirit and if we don't have leaders that'll teach us about the spirit we'll be like So in the going, are you going in the name of Jesus? Do you know your neighbor's names? I don't know all my neighbor's names. I'm even preaching to myself right now, so this is not shame. This is when I encountered the Lord, and he started to show me, he pulled back the curtain on. There's this whole spiritual kingdom. There's this spiritual power. I am healing people still, Andrew. I am still, still speaking. It filled me with, like, fire and i found myself wandering the streets of oxford asking if i could pray for random people you're like you're the weirdo guy hello there's something about the son of god that wants his people full of the spirit so they'll be full of boldness so they'll go in his name i found myself walking miami's campus be like hey kid come here come here can i pray for you yeah mister calm down the lord loves you yeah okay I'm like, no. And it was like, all of a sudden, every time you see the words and the Holy Spirit filled them, you know what follows that in the New Testament? Bold proclamation of the Son of God and His worth. Every time. Every time Peter or John are full of the Holy Spirit, you know what they're doing? They're preaching in a synagogue, on the street, while they're getting beaten. This is what the Holy Spirit does. And all we think is, well, just tell me what my gift and my assignment is, and I just don't really want that one, but you don't get to decide. I'll do a few more, and then we'll see what God wants to do. When we talk about these gifts, and I've already said this, but it's, I think, worth repeating. Humility is a must. Humility is a must. What stopped the move of God in my life most often is pride. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. There's a reason that the lady that gives a might, gives little in the offering, Jesus says, but she gave much. And there's a reason that all those Pharisees parading and being like, here's my big chunk of money, he's like, they didn't give anything. Humility is a currency in heaven. Humble yourself before God. You don't have this figured out. You need help. The power of God is available. And we're all walking around like, I- I'm good, I'm good. No, humble people, humble. And I like both sides because I've been in rooms with men that know the word of God so deeply, but they are not humble. And they wield it like a club that wounds people. And I've been in a room with people that see things I only dream of seeing in the prophetic realm. They see stuff, they know stuff, but they are not humble. And both those things need to come back and go, God, you gave me this thing. I humble myself underneath you. So if you have the gift of prophecy in here, you can use it, but you better do it humbly. If you have the gift of teaching in here, you can use it, you better do it humbly. Humble yourself under the Lord, and he'll lift you up in due time. This is scripture. Humility is lacking in the body of Christ, and it's the quickest way to stop a move of God. When we talk about the Holy Spirit, the Bible talks about him in three main ways. Do you know what those things are? It's in three things that we can relate to. Fire, wind, water. That's how the Holy Spirit's talked about Now, when I think of fire, I think of sacrifices. And so in Romans 12, we know it. It says, therefore, I want you to be a living sacrifice. Do you want the Holy Spirit to move in your life? You'll need to die to you. You'll need to get on the altar and not get off. You'll need to lay down your wants, your desires, your thoughts, your your understanding and go, God, light me up. I am the log on the fire. Jonathan Edwards, I believe, said, I'd love to light myself on fire and let the world watch me burn. The world needs men and women that will get on the altar of God, be a living sacrifice, and go, God, light me up. I'll go where you want, when you want, how you want, my kids, my money, my respectability, my job, all of it. That's a hard prayer, y'all. Some weeks, I'm like, I'm on the altar. And other weeks, I'm like, dang it, I crawl off again. That's okay. That's humanity, yeah? But if you want to know the things of the Spirit, you will need to live on the altar. And I'll do one last one, and this one's not my thought. This is actually from a guy named A.W. Tozer, who is my favorite guy. I named my dog after him. So... A.W. Tozer, in his book, The Pursuit of God, there's a whole chapter called Receptivity. If God called you, would you know what it sounded like? The boy Samuel is asleep in the temple, and God calls him, and then he goes to Eli. He's, did you call me? And he does this multiple times, and finally he gets it, and he's like, next time you hear that voice, that's God. That's how it is sometimes. And when I started to learn how God was leading me, I made a lot of mistakes. And I'm really okay with that. I think what toddler in the spirit doesn't? But now I'm a kindergartner. And I'm going to second grade soon, okay? I don't think I'm a pro. I don't think I know everything. In fact, I don't think I know anything these days. When I graduated seminary, I knew everything. When I encountered the man Jesus, I knew nothing. The only thing I know is that Christ crucified is the way that I am saved, that his spirit is good because his word says so, and that if his word says that these things should be in the body, they should be in the body. So let me go to one more scripture in 1 Corinthians. Go to 1 Corinthians 4. Go to 1 Corinthians 4, I don't even know what I put up there, 16. And then Dave and the band, we're going to worship God because, like I said, you want to be sensitive to things God, we're going to worship. And then we're going to invite God to do some things. And then, like I said, that's up to him, not up to me. But when A.W. Tozer, I didn't even go to that point, talked about receptivity, he was talking about the concept of Moses and the burning bush. You know that story? Moses, the man that's run away into exile is herding and shepherding sheep. And he looks to the side and there is a bush that is on fire, but it's not burning up. If you're walking down Oxford, Ohio, you're up by Chipotle, you look down the alley right there and there is a bush on fire, but it's not burning up, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? I hope you turn aside. I hope you call me. I'll be like, yeah, bro, let's go check this out, right? Moses sees this, and it says he turned aside. Do you know what would happen if Moses didn't turn aside? Well, that encounter with God where he goes, what's your name? He doesn't get to hear I am. He doesn't hear any of it. Turn aside to the promptings of God. Be receptive to the things of God. And you're like, how? It starts with all the things I just told you, and it starts with the thing that you have in your hand. I hear the Spirit of God most when I read this. Most. You know why? He spoke it. Why did Jesus use this in his temptation in the the desert? Why did the son of God, the incarnate word of God, quote the word of God? Why? Why didn't he just be like, I'm God in the flesh. I'm going to give you a new revelation here, devil. He didn't. He quoted Deuteronomy because he's the one that spoke it. So don't, there is not a dichotomy. There's not a separation between word and spirit. There's not. The word leads me to Jesus. The spirit leads me to Jesus. And so what we're going to do right now, I want to read chapter four. Actually, I'm not going to read chapter four. We're going to worship. I'll end with this last question that I asked you at the beginning. Are you uninformed of the things of God, of the Spirit of God? And if your answer is like me, you're in good company. I didn't know. I still want to know, and I'm still hungry for God. That's what I'm asking you to do right now. Get hungry for God. Give yourself in worship to the Lord. And then I'll come out, we'll read this last verse, and we'll, we'll, we'll pray some. And Yeah. Yeah, God, we just come to you. I'm so thankful that this is your church bought with your blood and that you're the you're the head of it. Which means you're the head of the body. You're in in charge of the eyes and the arms and the different gifts. And I just trust you right now, Jesus, that. You're molding this place to be what you want, not what we want. So I ask, God, that you would come and have your way in this room. That as we give you, we give ourselves to you in worship right now, that no one's got to pray a prayer or lay a hand. It's just the Spirit of God manifesting in a room of people that love Jesus. And that in this song, this next song, which is the language of heaven, songs and worship, you would heal bodies. That tongues would come out. That the spirit of God would fill. That the fire of heaven would burn up willing sacrifices. And that's all we can be. I'm a willing sacrifice. It's your fire. It's your altar. I'm just your servant. And so I ask, God, for the things that Paul talked about. I ask for us to be an aware people. We would be aware of the things of the Spirit. I pray for gifts. I ask for service. I ask for different kinds of working. And all of them, God, are done by your Spirit. I pray for Spirit, messages of wisdom, messages of knowledge, words of knowledge, faith, God. I pray for that gift of faith. Gifts of healing, God. That you would heal. There's so many broken bodies in this room. And you would heal them. Pray for miraculous powers. I pray for prophecy. Distinguishing of spirits. Different kinds of tongues. The interpretation of those tongues. And all the gifts that are listed in your word. We want any and all of them that you want to give. They're not our gifts. They're yours. It's not our spirit. It's yours. And that we would use all those things, God, to build up your body. And we wouldn't make them about us. I don't care about gifts or man. I want you, Jesus. And so we worship you right now, Jesus. We give ourselves in worship to you right now. Thank you for joining us today. If you need prayer for anything, you can email us at prayer at cobblestonechurch.com or you can go on our website at www.cobblestonechurch.com and submit it there. We'd love to pray for you. Have a great week and God bless.